Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be diving into our emotional selves and their importance for an embodied life. We are emotional creatures. This is not a negative. As souls not living embodied lives, which is how we spend the majority of our time, we communicate via telepathy and empathy. We think and feel at and with each other. Not having a container, and yet being discrete entities, we merge with each other, becoming fully intertwined and interconnected. We feel and think as one, and yet remain ourselves, and part again. This sounds poetic, but is our normal, mundane existence. It's also something we must learn to deal with at the very beginning of our existence, because everyone around us can feel what we feel, and hear what we're thinking. We must learn not to rampage, have tantrums, flail, or go into raptures and revel in ecstasy. Like ancient Japan, where houses were built of wood and rice paper, our existence is boundaried by the fact our very action affects everyone around us directly and immediately. The greatest gift we can give to those we love, and we love everyone, is to restrain and refrain. To learn self-control to be gentle and cautious, to feel but not to wallow, to live in balance and join in the harmony all around us. This is a simplified picture of a much more complex reality, but it suffices for the purpose of this podcast. We don't not feel things. We learn to modify how we feel them and how we express those feelings in order to be kind to ourselves and others. Imagine the pain and the chaos if someone rampaging with rage came through a group of souls. Everyone would be hurt, would be forced to feel these feelings against their will, have to suffer the thoughts which go with it, and be required to stop what they're doing and being in order to help or at least to cope. It happens but the ideal is to avoid such things if possible. This is one of the reasons why embodied life can be attractive to souls. Embodiment is not a requirement. It's an opportunity. And one of the things it affords is the ability to think anything we want, as much as we want, as often as we want. In the same vein, we can feel as much as we want, as deeply as we want, without affecting others. In embodied life, we slip into a container which holds in all of our normal modes of communication, allowing us a level of autonomy and privacy unrivaled in other areas of our lives. When speaking of this to clients, I call it the University of You. It's the All You Channel 24-7. No need to make up programming or fill those long hours. If nothing is going on outside, there's always amazing amounts of stuff going on inside. 
we can choose to express what we're thinking and feeling in a number of ways. And this also is an attractive feature of embodied life. Poetry, dance, facial expressions, body postures, music, art, email, texts, folded paper airplanes, tattoos, the means by which we can express ourselves are endless and only boundaried by our imaginations. We can express ourselves if we wish, not if we don't, connect or disconnect as needed. We have a level of interactive social freedom unparalleled in our normal existence. What is difficult for us in our current era is most of white Western culture has devalued all but a very few emotions as we've moved away from localized social structures and into unstructured urban settings. While globalization is allowing us to build new social structures, our emotional integrity, intelligence, even awareness lags far behind our ability to interact. Our culture teaches us emotions are bad, wild, need to be repressed, structured and controlled, in part to serve corporate and political structures. We think of emotions as the enemy to our preeminent faculty, the mind, and at the minimum see them as inconvenient in our lives. We have very little ability to cope with them at all when they move from a whisper to a roar. Part of what we came here for is to experience fully all of our emotions. This is not to say we seek out opportunities to feel terror or manic joy, but if those events occur, we're here to open up to them so we can learn this aspect of ourselves. Times of deep emotion move us away from the social niceties. They take away our ability to wear masks and leave our essential self bare this is why emotional times such as weddings, funerals, and births bring out bedrock truths from people. They can't hide their true selves or the truths they've been holding anymore, and their emotions demand they express them, for better or for worse. Like a gong rung in the middle of the room, such emotions demand attention. They silence the chatter, and they bring everyone into the now. Many people have learned, due to difficult childhoods, dysfunctional families, highly competitive work environments, or traumatic events, that emotions are a vulnerability. They are a weakness, a dead end that takes away time and energy from more productive pursuits, are uncontrollable, never appropriate, and something to be rigidly controlled or avoided. There are lots of ways to go about getting them out of the way, like food, gambling, sex, alcohol, drugs, or work, just to name a few. I mean, how many times have we heard, I'll be alright as long as I have something to do to take my mind off it? Well, their mind isn't really the issue, is it? The idea is to use the mind as a means to occupy all of our attention and energy so we can't feel. Same with stuffing food. It takes our body's energy away from feeling 
in order to process. You get the picture. All of this doing, whether it's medicating or being severely practical, workaholism, or overeating, let alone undereating, keeps us from our emotions to the extent that we become functionally illiterate concerning them. This is common to veterans coming back from multiple tours in war zones or special forces in any capacity. The emotions, other than those very stunted forms used for unit cohesion and mission completion, are practically excised through training and experience. Upon their re-entry into civilian life, many aren't able to simply reacquaint themselves with their emotions and move forward. They have no connection to the full spectrum of emotions and must relearn such simple things as the fact that they are experiencing an emotion, what the full spectrum of emotions are, and how to respond to them in a healthy way, while at the same time remembering or learning for the first time what those emotions look like when expressed by others. What's surprising is how many civilians have exactly the same issues. They've suppressed their emotions for so long they no longer recognize when they're having them, or when they do, they immediately negate them and replace them with something else. The problem is, you can't have just the ones you want. Emotions are your soul speaking to you about deep truths, and they contain amazing gifts of wisdom in them. The only way to receive those gifts and reach the truth is to feel. It is highly productive to stop being on a productivity schedule when an emotion comes up, because the emotion is going to offer more wisdom and becoming and health than any one project will. Emotions will lead to releasing baggage, solving mysteries, shine a light on the path you should take and help you learn what it means to live the life you deserve. So how do you access them? You don't have to. They'll access you. The idea is to stop blocking them through coping mechanisms, and that means the first feeling you'll deal with is the one you know the best. Fear. Don't worry. The only thing you have to fear is fear itself. People sometimes use emotions as weapons. Do what I say, or I will have feels. We've all been in this conversation before. Either it's the emotional blackmail of being told not to do something, because if you do it, it will hurt them, and the crushing nature of that sadness, despair, agony will destroy everything. Absolutely everything. Or it's the Don't do or be or feel what you are wanting to do or be or feel. Because if you do, I will be angry, like a force of nature, and that will end everything. It's like you're holding an ultimatum grenade with the pin already pulled. You're being told not to make any sudden moves and to not let go, but not being offered any help either. Basically, you need to stop living your life and hold that grenade forever because reasons, of which there will be many, some seemingly logical and many not. 
These types of conversations happen at all levels of relationship, from casual to intimate. But the more invested we are emotionally, the more our emotional attachments can be used as weapons against us. Disagreements, misunderstandings, good old-fashioned fights, these are all normal and healthy if the parties are respectful of each other. You know, keep things above the belt, no hair pulling or ear biting, verbally or otherwise. A really honest, emotionally charged argument can clean the air like a spring storm and leave things better than they are. Misunderstandings can tell us more about the other and about ourselves than all the perfectly understood comments in the world. In fact, they can be magic doorways into totally new and uncharted territory. And who doesn't like an adventure? Disagreements, negotiations, and compromises are how we weave some of the strongest bonds in any relationship. Again, if it's honest, respectful, and combat is above the belt. I mean, you can bring a blaster to the negotiation table, but do you really want this talk to be the one where Han shot first? And which one of you ends up being Greedo? Emotions shouldn't be used as weapons to control us, and not only shouldn't we be left holding a live grenade, there shouldn't be any grenades in a healthy relationship. Experiencing deep emotions is like swimming in the ocean. Whether the feeling is love or depression, grief or joy, fear or hope, or any of the other emotions out there, we feel as if we're swimming in it while it is present. It is everywhere, touches everything, and can drag us under or hold us up. Avoiding the water is not the answer, because eventually the tide is going to come in for each of us, and we need to know what to do when we get wet. We can try to bob on the surface, keep our head above water, ignore what is going on underneath us, and hope to be brought back to shore. Or we can dive under the waves, get under the turbulence, and fully experience the water and everything in it. Could our emotions take us under for good? Yes. We've seen this happen recently to one of the most beloved people in our world, Robin Williams. It's not that the waves crush us, drag us under, that we're out of control, but the struggle to swim becomes too much, and it feels as if it would be better to succumb to the waves and simply let ourselves go. Better no longer be a burden to those we love than continue on. Going into the emotional depths is something we're all here to do, but it's not something we need to do alone. There are those who are going through the same emotions, those who have been there before us, and those who would like to swim with us because they care for us and want to make sure we're all right. Life is not fully lived if we aren't feeling it. We can't know all the corners of our being if we aren't looking into them. If we hold back our feelings, ignore them, repress them, they will act like a sneaker wave coming up underneath us to drag us down. This is not to say we should act out on every emotion. We should act without thinking or 
realizing the consequences. If you want to see examples of what happens when people do, there are plenty of daytime and reality shows you can use to scratch that itch. But feeling your feelings is the first step towards a full and balanced life. Feelings are just as important as thoughts, physical health, and our soul's purpose. They help us to learn and grow, guide us towards our best life, and help us fully experience all we are and can be. If they get to be too much, reach out for help. If you struggle with feeling them at all, there's help for this as well. But don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid to dive into them, explore them, and learn to swim. For most of us, sharing them with someone we trust is the best way to feel them, because our friends and loved ones can validate them, thereby validating us. What we want most is to be seen and to be heard, and when we are, that's one of the best feelings in the world. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be discussing how to determine what your purpose is in this lifetime. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.